Lovely listeners, it's Kianatia here and welcome to the British Whisperer, the place to be to know which stories are making the headlines and learn the English you need. On the podcast website, thebritishwhisperer.com, you can find the link to the podcast webpage with full transcript of this episode, its translation in Italian, and the links to the new articles I'm telling you about. In this episode, I'm going to focus on the Pulitzer Prizes and learning English. You may wonder, what do they have in common? Well, I'll tell you what I know. What I know. Ready to listen and learn some new English today? The most coveted award for achievements in newspaper and online journalism, the Pulitzer Prizes, this year deals with English learning. The Pulitzer for drama, in fact, went to Sanaz Tosei for English, a play about four Iranians preparing for an English language exam and especially on our learning English when your accent is a war crime, writes the New York Times. The play by Sana Tosei is set in a classroom in Iran in 2008, featuring four Iranians and their language teacher finding second selves in a second tongue. The committee called Mrs. Tosi's work a quietly powerful play about four Iranian adults preparing for an English learning exam in a storefront school near Tehran. If you ever tried as an adult to learn a new language, you know how painful it can be. It's bad enough to hear yourself mangling Italian, but worse to hear it mangling you. For those of us accustomed to sounding sharp with our words, it can come as quite a blow to discover the shabby figure we cut in the ill-fitting suet of someone else. How our mother tongue gives us voice yet limits our world, and how a new tongue expands that word yet may strangle our voice, is the subject of English, the rich play by Sana Tose that opened on Tuesday at the Linger Cross Theatre in New York. Both contemplative and comic, it nails every opportunity for a big laugh as its English learning artists struggle with accent and idioms. But the laughter provides cover for the deeper idea that their struggle is not just linguistic. Each of the four students that are the main characters, you know, just in this play in Iran, are prepping for the test of English as a foreign language or TOEFL at the storefront school in Karaje, a city of two million not far from Tehran. There are many uh, different uh, reasons for enrolling in this exam. For the cheerful 18-year-old Golay, the promise and pleasure of a new opportunity is reason enough. She says English is the rice, she explains. <laughs> you take some rice and you make the rice whatever you want. Well, <laughs> interesting, but the others are more ambivalent. Roya is there only because of her son who lives in the Canada with his wife and daughter and as his teacher she speaks English if she wants to live with them. If Roya is angry about the situation, she mostly suppresses the feeling leaving her son he lousy, passively aggressive voicemail messages in which she offers evidence of their growing fluency. I know all the numbers now, she tells him, 43, 538. But for the other character, Helen, anxiety is upfront. Having failed the TOEFL five times, she must pass it if she wants her provisional acceptance as an Australian medical school to become official. When the TOEFL teacher, Marion, tells her that English isn't your enemy, she answers, it is feeling like yes. 
Her accent, she adds, is a war crime. Well, that's a tough one. Marian learned English during nine years spent living in Manchester, England, gradually experiencing the way the fog of alienation can give way through language to the thrill of connection. Now that she's back in Iran, though, her English is eroding at the edges, at least in comparison to that of the fourth student, which is Omid, whose accent is minimal and vocabulary exceptional. Playing a game in which everyone must name items of clothing as quickly as possible while tossing a ball, he wins handily, wowing the others with windbreaker. Over the course of the twist, 22 scenes uh, of the play, representing lessons, office hours and smoke breaks during the six-week course, we get to know all five characters well, and yet they also remain as stubbornly enigmatic as people do in real life. Their progress, too, is unpredictable. Their skills sometimes stalling, their bounding forward with new words and seemingly new ideas emerging. Not that we are told this, we just see it happen uh, during the play thanks to Tosi's clever theatricalization of the process. When the character speaks English, they do so haltingly and with an accent. When they speak Farsi, which, of course, in the play is heard in English, it's swift and unaccented. The mystery of the fluency uh, of Omid, how and why does he know Windbreaker, is one of the most obvious tensioning devices in the play that despite his pleasure, has a somewhat schematic structure. Like a lifeboat movie, it features the immediate and broad differentiation of characters, the shifting alliances in the face of a looming threat, and eventual resolution involving the revelation of lies and someone cast overboard. Nor are its themes entirely novel. The drama of superimposing one language on another is at the heart of works as widely varied as Brian Flair's translation, in which a 19th century cartographer is charged with rendering Irish place names in English, and the hyper aristocratic Leo Rosten novel, The Education of H-Y-M-A-N-K-A-P-L-A Kaplan, set among immigrants is a night school English class that turned into a musical in 1968. But the delicacy of Tosi's development handily makes up for both problems, especially uh, the hysteria of a lifeboat melodrama. So, in dealing with characters who could easily be exoticized in their shadow, Tosi has chosen instead to focus on their familiarity. As such, the insights here are deep but never shattering, as when Roya perceives the crucial distinction between the verbs visit and live in one of her son's messages. If the world's happiness does not depend on it, well, a grandmother does. Ah, so, English begins to feel a bit overlong despite the smaller running of time of an hour and 45 minutes of the play. Still, the longers are worth it, forcing the audience into a useful position of light and influency. We don't always know what is going on in the play, as we don't in the world either as each character struggles to decide whether to become another person by mastering another language, we are asked to consider whether we, in the English-speaking West, are not just cultural imperialists, but linguistic ones as well, and whether, perhaps, those are really the same thing. So, lovely listeners, what do you think about this? Is it true that learning a new language does transform you into someone else? And is it always so difficult? Have you ever experienced this? I'm curious to know all your comments about this. So, you can 
write me an email at whisper at writeme.com or you can comment on my Instagram page. And to stay up to date with the British Whisper, follow me on Instagram and spread the word. And if you enjoy my show, please hit subscribe on Spotify or Apple so you don't miss any other episode. And if you appreciate and you want to support me, you can offer me a coffee on coffee link in bio on my Instagram. Bye to the next time.